Hello and welcome to Subclass Act, a solo role-playing actual play podcast. I'm your host, James Schrall. Hey y'all and welcome back. I'm finally here in front of the mic to record a regular episode where we continue our Classic Traveler campaign. Uh, Got some new stuff. Mainly the new stuff in this case is that I have a boom mic stand. It's like a scissor stand. Uh, So I freed up a lot of space for activities on my desk here. And I have a new mic in here. I had the snowball before uh, and I've now tried to upgrade to the blue Yeti. So let me know how the audio it is. Uh, It's very different. I'm getting very different output. It's It's a nicer mic. I have a little bit more control over over the exact um, you know area that it's p- picking everything up, so I'm still trying to dial it all in. Uh, it's very, very different. Let me know how it is. We're going to get to some calls. I've got a call from uh, Jason, uh, and then I will also respond to an email. So we'll start with the email. Um, so I just got a quick email from Ray, who said that he enjoyed the um, episode uh, for the 50th uh, episode. I can't believe that there's over 50 episodes now. That's just crazy to me. And I had a lot of fun recording that. So that, that was really, really enjoyable. I like Savage Worlds a lot for solo. I know Jason has something to say about that in a moment and we'll, we'll get there. I also have, uh, some new games that have arrived, uh, for me that I'm very excited about. I have the starter bundle for castles and crusades, which includes the, uh, monsters and treasure plus the player's handbook. I don't have the castle keepers guide yet, but that's completely optional anyway. So I'm very excited to run that. It also came with an adventure. So in my home game, I'm hoping that that will be, uh, I'll be able to run that soon for my table. Uh, I mentioned it before, but I hadn't used it on, gotten to use it on the show yet. I have the, um, I do have Cepheus, and that's cool. But I have the white book here, the classic S. Uh, it says classic SF RPG rules. It's essentially it is just the three little black books from Classic Traveler smushed together with the errata. Uh, if the errata was easy enough to put in place, fixed page reference numbers and things like that then it's inlined. Otherwise, there's a reference to the back where some of the rest of the errata is in the back. So, uh, very cool stuff. It's smaller. It's really nice. It fits on the tabletop really easily. It's frankly just as easy to reference. It doesn't have any art. Well, not any, I shouldn't say, but it has very little art compared to the Traveler book, which is very cool. But it also is the earliest version. It doesn't have really any references of any kind to the Traveler universe or anything like that which is either good or bad, depending on how you look at it, but it's it's a nice little digest size uh, b- book, It's and it's not very thick. It's it's nice and well done. I really appreciate that. Uh, also arriving later this week should be Amazing Adventures, which is uh, essentially the same rules from Castles and Crusades, but extracted into a generic setting, sort of, or a generic RPG that you can use for different genres. And they, I think they have, maybe they have sort of some genre splat books, but it's not like GURPS where you have all the splat books. It's mainly, here's how you write, uh, here's how you run, uh, pulpy adventures for different genres, things like that. I'm really excited about getting that. Uh, that was a bundle. It was like 30 bucks for the three core books in hardback. I'm very excited about that. Troller games is very cool and I'm glad to be able to support them. It's not as maybe as generic as something like GURPS, but it's, it's specifically intended to run pulpy adventures. So for that, I think it would it would sit alongside Savage Worlds in that way. Savage Worlds kind of tries to fill that niche too. So we'll see how that works. For my off-air solo playing, I've been using Castles and Crusades uh, lately, and I've been really, really enjoying that actually. So I'm a, I'm a big fan. All right, let's get into our call-in from Jason. Hey, James, really enjoyed the 50th episode. 
great venture. Savage Worlds is a really fun system. It definitely plays better than it reads, like you commented a little bit on there. And it really perks up, you know, with exploding dice and the, the cards and bennies and stuff. I mean, maybe they're, you know, just tricks, but, but they actually really do work well, and they do really do ramp up the excitement and the tension. So anyhow, just wanted to say a great job, and I'll talk to you soon. Thanks, Jason. Yeah, I, I agree. I really enjoy Savage Worlds. I enjoyed it a lot when I first heard it on Me, Myself, and Die uh, in Trevor's game, and I, I think for solo it works really well. I, I've never gotten to, well, I guess once I ran it with a group, it was really different them so that was that was something but yeah and and, you know it's not for everybody i think some people could find mechanics like that gimmicky or or a a trick which i know you weren't saying trick in a bad way and yeah i mean i personally enjoy those things i think that there is it as a spectrum like everybody talks about um and i i personally like that stuff uh i think another game that does stuff like that in in a lot of the suggestions in the gm section of icrpg are like that you know timers and um you know, spell spell burn, I think is what one of them is called. There's there's a couple versions of those in ICRPG. I have the 2E, not I don't have the master edition, but I think it's the same in both in this case. And some people may not like that. It's a little bit more on sort of the gamist side of things, but I, I, I like that. And I like that when I'm soloing. There's a spectrum just like on in a regular table with soloing, it seems, where some people are, you know, some people will say, Oh, well, if you want to do that, just write a novel. And there are some people who are like, Yeah, that's basically what I do. I I'm writing a novel. And every once in a while, I roll dice. You have everything from that to people who are playing what is nearly a board game uh, that, you know, they make a couple creative decisions here or there, but it's essentially a board game. And then there's everything in between. And I try to fall somewhere in between. I like to remember, like, I like to make the creative decisions and and, and help, you know, push the story in a, in a way. But I like the randomness of the dice. And I like some things that I'm just like, you know what? I'm playing a game. And I, I really think that Savage Worlds does a really good job of that. I'm a big fan of it. So uh, I'm glad you enjoyed it. That was a lot of fun to record. And yeah, I'm still working on some ideas for uh, whatever will be in the season after this. I I think I've settled on um, a a couple ideas that I I think will be pretty cool. So I'm not going to announce those yet, but I think that's going to be really interesting. So yeah, we're going to get back into Traveler. Thanks again for the email, uh, Ray. And thanks for, I I think I forgot to mention it before, but the email is from Ray Otis. Uh, And thank you, Jason for the Colin. I'm way out of practice. It's been a long time since the, the bonus episode. It's been well over a month since the last traveler episode. Again, apologies. I started a new job and it took a little bit to adjust to that, but now I'm ready to get back on track. So let's do it. We're going to continue with classic traveler. I'm going to reference the, the white book I mentioned before which is basically just the absolute original 1977 traveler plus the errata and the, uh, I'm going to use the Player's Guide to Solo Role-Playing again by Parks for a Million for Cepheus Engine, but really good for any traveler. And when I need to do a word association, I'm going to continue use the Expanse this time. Again, it is Leviathan Wakes. It's the very first Expanse book. All right, let's do it. As we open, the crew of the Francesco is in jump space for this week. After seeing all the crazy stuff, learning that it's not going to be so easy to avoid the androids as they as they thought. They're struggling to to work through this. 
now I guess they're isolated from the rest of the universe. They have this week to work through their problems a little bit before they have to get back into it. One of the things they were contemplating, I think, they're in sort of the mess area and they're talking with each other. I think Nicola is probably talking to uh, at least Eleonora and Diane. Really probably just to all the crew. And I think some of the things they're discussing, you know, somebody asks, well, we we said we want to get get away from Maggie. You know, maybe we can let... We can let others fight this fight for us. Uh, why is it that we need to? You know, there's there's got to be other forces. But we're just several people, right? Who are we to stem this invasion? And somebody else chimes in. Well, yeah, who can we even trust? I mean, for all we know, the androids have, you know, infiltrated. They, they've probably been given some sort of signal to invade. They, they've got their plan in place. Maybe things are are too late. Maybe we just need to jump as far, try to just jump as far away as we can from here. Just take as many jobs as we can, jump away from here, get away from Maggie, get away from the androids, get get away from everyone who wants to control us. Let's do our own thing. I mean, this is our ship now. And I think Nicola looks a little bit... Hmm, he's pondering, I think, more than some of the others, and... Somebody looks at him and, and says, Nicola, are you okay? Yeah, I was just thinking about something. You know, as much as I want to get away from Maggie, she's manipulative, she's powerful, but part of me wonders if she somehow knew. Because think about it, if Maggie was one of the ones who was replaced, why would she, why would she have been acting so afraid and why would she send us out here to investigate this? What what made her so nervous about it? And somebody says, well, yeah, maybe, maybe we were the signal. And then somebody else chimes in a little bit. No, that doesn't really make sense because when we ran into those other androids, they didn't seem to be expecting us in the same way. And, and we already saw that they were on their way over here. We saw their signal. We saw their signs. So we knew that the androids were already on the way over here before Maggie even sent us. We didn't even give them any useful information as far as I could tell, so why would she want that if she was really in league with them? I think Nicola says, it's just something to wor worth thinking about. I don't think it's, it makes any sense that Maggie would be working with the androids, but that doesn't necessarily mean, we ha what we have to remember is there's there's not just two sides to this. There's of course gonna be whatever the androids wanna do, and to a degree there's gonna be the rest of us, but we weren't all united in one faction before, and I don't think we're gonna be all united now. There's gonna be plenty of people still just trying to look out for themselves, just trying to do their own thing. Somebody else says, and what's wrong with that? Why shouldn't we do that? Why shouldn't we just get out of here? And Nicola says, I mean, maybe we could. I, I don't know. Maybe we should just get out of here and, and, and take care of ourselves and, and not get involved in this. But I just think that we might be doing a disservice that way. I'm not saying we should have to go back to Maggie. Maybe we can send her a communication in another way. Maybe we can drum up some forces somewhere else. 
I don't think we have to make this decision right now. We can head back another way. We can do what we need to do to take care of ourselves. Somebody says, what about the Hivers? What about the, I mean, they seem like allies now, but are, are they really, are they really our allies? Are they really gonna stick with us? I don't know. There's no way to know, I don't, I don't think. To be honest, I'm not so sure that they will. I think they got some information for us and they were cooperative, but they've been secretive and keeping to themselves for this long. We haven't really had contact with them before, so why should that change all of a sudden? I think, I think what you're struggling through is the same thing I'm struggling through. In some ways, everything is different. But see, we've seen all of this. Not everybody has. Not everybody's seen all the stuff that we've seen. There's no reason to expect that the situation has changed universally for everyone. And there's no guarantee that others will react the same, the same way that we have. I think we don't need to make any decisions now, but we do need to get to safety somewhere. We need to get to some sort of starport, and we need to try to get out whatever message we can. And I think as we get more information, we can make a decision as a crew. But that's what we are now, okay? Before, we were just put together, seemingly at random by Maggie. You were already pretty close, and, and I think we've, we've been through some stuff together now. I think we're a crew now. And that doesn't make us co-workers. I think that makes us family. My family abandoned me a while ago. This is Nicola. And you're my family now. And I'm just telling you that I'll fight for you. And, and whatever we decide to do, we should decide to do it together. But I think that we owe it. We owe it to those around us, to our neighbors, to at least give them a heads up. And then, as a family, we can decide what we're going to do. After hearing this, the, the crew talks about it a little bit more, and we kind of fade out of the jump week. And as the ship materializes in this new sector, a sector we're going to have to see, for one, if there's even a planet here. Uh, I think we're just going to say, there's definitely going to be, we're not going to roll to see if there's a star here that we'd use for fuel. We know we need one. We would have known sort of what we're doing jumping here. We need to see if this sector has any planets, what they are. But I have a bigger question that I think we need to ask our Oracle. And that is, there's no guarantee that the Hivers jump to the same place as us. And we need to know. So I'm going to ask... And part of me says it's unlikely, but I'm just going to say it's 50-50. Because I don't think we know much about them. Not really. And they don't seem to know that much about us. So we'll just say it's 50-50. Are the Hivers here? Did they jump to the same place? Oh, that's a five, so no. And Francesco materializes in this sector. And they wait around for the better part of a day and nothing. Tension gets pretty high on the ship. I'm starting to wonder, were they, did they ever even intend to jump here? Or did something go wrong? Did they, did they miss jump? Did they get the wrong coordinates? Were they fed the wrong coordinates from the androids? It starts to get out of hand a little bit. And I think Nicola says, everyone settle down. Settle down a little bit. Okay, 
This kind of speculation is not useful or helpful. We don't have enough information. If we were in the same situation, who knows if we would have trusted the Hivers enough to just follow them blindly. We can't blame them for that if we would do something similar, or at least would consider it. I think we need to press forward. We need to refuel. We need to look for a, a, a spaceport and look for potentially our next jump. We need to get ready because we can't stay here long. We don't know how long it will take for the androids to catch up with us. And it, it may be best to make a few jumps in a somewhat erratic fashion to, to truly lose them. Okay, so uh, we need to use the book here. We're gonna see for one, if there is even a planet in this sector or, or something that we can use. Okay, so in Classic Traveler, there's a 50-50 chance we roll a d6. If it's a four, five, or six, then there is one. Okay, it's a six, so there is in fact a planet that we are going to generate. We'll go ahead and do it on the air because Jason's right. People who are listening are probably listening because we're doing Traveler. <laughs> this is part of Traveler. So let's do it. Okay, first, we need to see what the planetary size is. 2d6 minus 2. It's getting it's gonna be pretty small. That's wow, 2d6 minus 2, that's gonna give us only a 2. Alright. We'll get back to see if there's a starport later. Planetary atmosphere. Two dice minus seven, and then plus the size. Two dice. So that is, we get uh, minus seven, we're gonna end up getting a one plus the size. So it's three. Okay. Population. It's two dice minus two again. Okay, so we get two. We'll look at the results, what they mean in a minute. Planetary government uh, is going to be two dice minus seven plus the population. Two dice minus seven, uh, which is going to be a negative three plus, plus the population. Let's see if I'm doing this right again. Yeah, so we'll just min out at zero. All right, and then the law level, two dice minus seven, and then we'll have the government level. So two dice minus seven. It's gonna give us a one plus the government, which is zero, so we're just gonna get one. All right, and then tech level, which we're looking at here. This is a little bit slightly different of a way of doing this here. All right, we skip the water percentage here, hydrographic percentage, two dice, so let's see, okay, eight minus seven, so one plus the atmosphere, which was a three, so four. Okay, and then the tech, tech level here, yeah, let's figure that out now. Okay, looks like we need, in this version of this, we need to know what the system contents are, so we roll two dice for, this is a roll one supply for each column. Okay, so we get a seven, so, C, which means, in this case, that there is no naval base, there is a scout base, and there is a gas giant, which is, which is good. So we'll say a scout and gas giant. Okay, so now, on this version, the way we find out the tech level is we look at all the dice modifiers, 
and then we roll one dice modified by that. So we have C type starport, so that's a plus two. Uh, let's see, everything else is pretty low. So the size is a two, so we get a plus one, so a total plus three. Atmosphere is a three, so that's another plus one. So we're at a plus four. Then for the water, there's nothing. For population, we get a plus one, so there's a total of plus five. And then for government, there's no modifier. So a total of plus five, so we'll roll the die and see. Okay, so it's a six plus five, so we have uh, a tech level of 11 or B. And that makes sense, right? Because in order for people to survive on this crazy level of stuff, there, you know, there's there's nothing basically. It's a teeny little planet. There's not a lot of water. There's not a lot of atmosphere, right? So if we look here on the tables, for example, if we flush this out, it means that uh, so the starport types that it's a routine quality installation, uh, only unrefined fuel available. That may actually come up if we don't try to go skim it off of the gas train itself. Reasonable repair facilities as scout base may be present. Okay, now. Just for perspective, the size here means it's about 2,000 miles across, so it's not its not very big. It's not much bigger than the asteroid planet belt kind of size there. Uh, the atmosphere is very thin. Uh, hydrographics, it's about 40% water. The population, there's hundreds of inhabitants, so it's, it's clearly a small outposter colony of some sort. And then when we're talking about the, the law level here, there's no prohibitions really on anything, and the government, it's a company or corporation. Okay, that that's super helpful, and tech level uh, B, in this case, or tech level 11, uh, let's see, let's, what does that look like for us? Combat armor, there's hand computers, things like that. Um, there's um, pretty, pretty decent drives, plenty of grab vehicles, this is a fairly high tech level. It's nothing like Star Trek. That's like 16 with matter transport and stuff like that. But it's a pretty high tech level. Okay, so it's obviously a corporate outpost here. Uh, there's no prohibitions. Why would there be? There's no real need for it. There's not a lot of people here. There is a scout base nearby. There's this gas giant, only unrefined fuel. Uh, this is probably some sort of a hub for one of the one of the megacorps, probably. Uh, yeah, I don't think they're gonna know necessarily how hostile or not it's gonna be. Presumably not so much of a scout there, but I mean, they're way on the fringe, right? That's why there would be a scout base out here anyway, right? That this is gonna be where they're trying to map the fringes. Now, they probably should be able to detect the scout base, but they may not necessarily be able to. So let's ask the Oracle here as they um, come out of jump. Do they see evidence of the scout base on any sort of scanners. Ooh, you know, presumably they can see the station. Uh, that is a six. So, no, they don't see evidence of the scout base. It, it, it's probably... That makes sense, right? The scout base might be trying to stay as, as out of sight as possible. Somebody at the station may know. So, they're definitely going to um, hail the station here. Let's see if we can come up with a corporation name. We'll use, see if we can find a word from the expanse here that pops out as like generating a name. So we'll say competition. So we'll take part of that word comp. Uh, 
comp air uh, comp air stat let's see we'll just say uh, let's see air stat um, uh, Arist Aristatum we'll just we'll just make up a name here Aristatum like A-R-E Statum so A-R-E Statum Aristatum we'll call it uh, computers or Aristat comp uh, it's, and it's a megacorp so they probably provide a lot of the, the computers the large computers for these stations out here in the reaches okay so, um, they hail the station, uh, Aristatum Comp Megacorp Station. This is the free ship Francesco. Please advise we wish to dock and refuel if possible. We have important messages both for the safety of your station and for the safety of the Confederation as a whole. Uh, please advise. Out. Now, one, do they get a response back at all? That's something we should know. 50-50. Yeah. Seven, uh, there's a complication. The complication is they do get a message, but it's garbled. Francesco, docking, difficulty. Okay, so we get some static. Uh, Please come in again. Please come in again. Uh, Aristatum Comp Megacorp Station. Please respond. This is the free ship Francesco. Could not make out your last message. Out. Now it's just static. Oh, somebody says, I was just looking forward to having a shower and some sort of reasonable quarters. Just for even a day. Well, we've obviously got some work to do. Uh, Nicola says we're gonna have to investigate I think we should continue moving closer uh, and see what evidence we can find we should go as if we're gonna go to, to dock see if we can see any evidence of anything and uh, see if there's any pushback whatsoever we'll go in uh, I want you to ease her in um, and go in as non-threatening as possible aye sir and so they start to go in towards the station very slowly, very non-threatening, in a very, very gentle um, sort of trajectory. It's fairly straight, but they, they go out of their way to curve a little bit so that it takes just a little bit longer to show that they're, they're not in a hurry, they're not trying to make a beeline for anything. They go up towards the station, and let's see. They're going to go like they're going to go to dock. It, does any docking apparatus... Um, respond to them. I'm going to say it's unlikely because if they can't even get communications going, I can't imagine that the the docking apparatus would work. So we'll ask it at a minus two here for because it's unlikely. Uh, we get a total of seven. So it's another complication. So the docking apparatus starts to respond. It's, it must be some sort of natural mechanism, but it, it, it doesn't it doesn't clamp correctly, or it's 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 moving and it kind of moves back. It's moving, it's kind of moving back. It's it's obviously faulty. This is no good. And I think Nicola says, okay, clearly the, the the comms are having difficulty. But if 
the docking procedures are also having difficulty. I think we should be very, very cautious. It seems like there's there's problems with their whole system. This is a station for a corporation that makes these computers. Okay, presumably they have the technical expertise. We need to we need to be very careful here. It's possible it's just an unrelated unrelated malfunction, but I think it's too dangerous of a coincidence that we're on the run from androids and their com computer systems on the fringes here seem to not be working. So what I need us to do is I need us to go find a spot now where we can manually dock, where we can seal with some sort of an airlock. If you can find any other, any emergency airlock or anything. Is there an emergency airlock? Um, it seems unlikely that there'd be one that's ready for ships. Uh, maybe there's something they can use, but is there like an actual just regular emergency airlock? 50-50, uh, that gets us an 8, so yes. So there is something for this sort of a maintenance hatch lock. Doesn't have any docking apparatus, but they can still use the bridge like they use to go across the ship, the sort of the, the tube that elongates. So they go, uh, they stabilize, they get into the same sort of whatever orbit the ship is uh, using, and they hook up the hook up the ship manually. Uh, let's see. Are the lights on? So they're gonna get up, you know, they're gonna get armed, they're gonna get ready to go. They gotta be ready for anything. So they, they need to find out what's happened here. They need to try to send out a message if possible. They need fuel, and they need to get the heck out of this sector. They need to get away from the fringes, because they're only one jump away from the androids, and there's no reason to say the androids might not have guessed where they're going. This isn't a good sign. Um, it's just not a good sign for them. Okay. So, they dock. Are the lights on in the airlock? In other words, or, or they go into the airlock, they pressurize it, is there signs that the power in general is on in a stable way? Uh, we get an 11, so yes and. So the power is on. Uh, so what's the and? I think it's it's not just that they can see signs of the power on, but there's a there's a party waiting for them. It's sort of uh, as they board. I need to know if they're friendly because I think that's a completely separate question. Um, actually, you know what? They won't know yet. So let's ask uh, the expanse here. Let's just look for some words here. Out of the box. Greasy hair. Okay. Oh, okay. Okay, interesting. I know what this means, actually. They go up very cautious. Uh, Nikola's got his, you know, his carbine in hand, his blade strapped to him. He goes with a, a couple crew members. They leave, obviously, a couple people behind to... Uh, take care of the ship, see if they can send any messages out. They go up to the airlock, you know, the, this this group of, we'll say, three of them. And I, th I think it's Nicola, I basically think it's Nicola and Eleonora and Diane. Eleonora is our astrophysicist, Diane's our engineer. They go up to the airlock and they see what look like total, total punks. They obviously do not belong to this megacorp. They're obviously not employees. They obviously don't belong here. Are they armed? Do they look threatening in any way? Actually, let's not ask that yet. So, um, 
Yeah, I think Nicola mentions how strange this is. I, I think maybe we just need to make some sort of a reaction roll here to just find out what is the general reaction of the people on the station. Uh, maybe they were faking this whole thing. It just this could potentially be a really, really bad situation for them. And I think we just need to know what's going on. Okay, so this is it's the entire group. So on and so forth. Uh, let's see what kind of uh, DMs there are. It says, um, well, first it says, there, there will be some DMs, but we gotta roll some first. So, um, mainly just there's some situations the characters are five or more terms. That's a no. There's no real DMs here. So let's see what the reaction is. It's a four. They're hostile. Oh, wow. Okay. It says they attack, attacks on eight plus. Interesting. Okay, which sounds like to me I need to roll again. If it's more than eight total, then they're gonna just straight up attack us, which makes sense. They must be trying to raid the station. They faked the um, this to get us off the main docks to get here so they could try to jack the ship. Okay, it's on a three, so they don't they don't attack you. But they they obviously are hostile. They've got the weapons there. Um, interesting. Okay. Hmm. I think Nicola says, oh, this is the real decision here, isn't it? They're obviously, they're obviously, they want to be able to take the ship. I, I don't know why they haven't attacked just yet, but we need to find the best way of dealing with them. They're obviously not supposed to be here. We need to send this message out. Uh, otherwise, we're going to have to risk trying to, to scoop the fuel ourselves. Are, are we even able to do that, uh, Diane? You would know, I mean, I, I, and she's probably gonna say, well, theoretically, yes, but we need to know what she says here. Can they scoop their own fuel? Uh, it's a nine, so she says, which is just a yes. So she says, yes, we can. We, we've not done it before. There's no reason it shouldn't work, but it would be much better to see if we, if we can get some sort of fuel another way. Nicholas says, I, we don't know how many of them are on here. There are some supplies we could use, though, for sure. All right, here's the plan. So he starts talking to them, and I think they have their vac suits on. They, they should have, they would have probably had their, well, actually, that's a good question. Because the way they were docking, they didn't know anything, so they would have their vac suits on. I'm just going to say that. Um... The other guys haven't attacked yet. Um, okay. So, one of them, and I think it's Diane, kind of goes, ducks out of the way. They try to use the comms through to the other side and say, look, we don't want to cause any trouble. We just need to send a message. We just need some fuel, and we'll be on our way. And I think they get some chatter from the other side. Oh, I don't think you have any place to be demanding anything from anyone. In fact, I'll tell you our deal. We're going to take your ship. If you do anything else, we'll just blow you to kingdom come. There's more of us here than you can deal with. And what if we just decide to leave? The airlock is already pressurized and everything. Well, I don't think that we can have that, can we? Do they rush out yet? 
think it sounds likely. Plus two. Nine, yeah, so yes and. So they, they bust through. They, they're about to attack. What I need to know is, is Diane able to execute this plan that I have in my head already? Is she able to execute this plan in time? I'm gonna give a plus two likelihood because she's the engineer and because, you know, they already made this plan. Okay, plus two is a nine, so yes. So it's not a yes and, but yes. So we'll see if they're gonna get, you know, any sort of reaction here. Um, it's just a plain yes. So all of a sudden, um, Nicola and Eleonora pull out their weapons uh, as they're about to get attacked. They've got their vac suits on. Eleonora pulls the the emergency lever, which opens the outer airlock. Um, I had to ask because she is the engineer. She needs to find a quick way to do this. Normally, this shouldn't be allowed, right? You don't want to just depressurize stuff. But she finds an emergency release. She depressurizes um, the chamber, and it's going to shoot them through towards the airlock of um, the the Francesco. Now, that airlock door should be closed as they kind of ramped across. Um, and so these guys are gonna be shot across. I need to know how many of them there are. I'm gonna roll a d6. My dog is having crazy dreams here, apparently. Okay, there's only two of these thugs that get shot across. Uh, let's see. I'm, I'm gonna say that they're gonna, basically our people are gonna get a surprise round because they wouldn't have been expecting it. That is not going to have been fun. It won't kill them or anything, but it's, they're gonna have taken a severe thud. Um, we're just gonna give them like normal sixes on their stats, uh, just like I will with really any any NPC unless there's a reason for me not to. So we're gonna get into some combat here. I don't think they wanna kill them necessarily, but they do wanna hurt them. Uh, and they need to get back to their ship and they just need to get out of here at this point. So, uh, Nicola here is gonna take a shot. Remember, there's, we don't need any initiative or anything. It's all simultaneous anyway. So, Nicola is gonna go first. He's gonna turn around with his carbine, take a couple shots uh, at one of them. It's at the airlock, but it shouldn't, it shouldn't damage the ship. That, that would be crazy, I think. Okay, so a, a normal A plus is required. Um, I don't think these sorts of, like these thugs here would be wearing any armor. Uh, so we're gonna have a carbine, if I can find that here on the chart. Here we go. We have a carbine versus, it'll be here somewhere, there we go. Carbine versus nothing, so no armor, that's a plus two. Uh, so we've got a plus two, and then we are at We'll say short range. That's a plus one. Uh, so that's a ends up being a total of plus three total. Okay, that is plenty. He is going to hit. Carbine does three dice of damage. Note down our ammunition here. So he takes a shot at one of them, and he does not a great roll, but not terrible. He does a total of eight damage, which is enough to. Uh, knock the person unconscious because he, he brought down a stat in one shot down to zero. So the one on the left is not dead yet, but is definitely unconscious. Um, we're going to give the other two pistols. So they're going to take a shot. This is sort of their surprise round. It's a good thing this plan worked. Otherwise, this would have been normal combat. But this is a huge advantage, having this surprise. 
Okay, so we're not going to bother with for them with uh, th their stats are plenty to get whatever they need. Okay, so they're going to use a pistol, an uh, automatic pistol, or just we'll just do a body pistol. All right, so first it is Eleonora. We're going to use the body pistol versus nothing. That's a zero. And then at short range is a plus one. It's a total of plus one. Okay, uh, seven on the dice, so plus one is just enough. So she'll manage to do that. And how much damage do does a body pistol do? Let's see, it does. Oh, you know what? It looks like actually a body pistol has a required dexterity um, of eight. So that would have been a minus three. So she will miss. All things considered. Uh, and then Diana's gonna take a shot. So, so it's a minus three for the dexterity, and then at short range is a plus one, so it's a minus two. Okay, she misses as well. Okay. So one one is definitely unconscious. Uh, I think now we're gonna have a fight or flight mechanism. There's no reason to believe that they would run because the, the person here is now completely up against a wall. And, there's no reason an animal or a person up against a wall would um, just run if they have nowhere else to go. They're just going to try to shoot their way out. Okay. Rifle or a pistol? It'll be rifle on odds. Even. So it's a... Um, so evens means a pistol. I'll just make it an auto pistol. Okay. So now we have the... next round here. I suppose maybe we should probably... I probably shouldn't assume about the reaction. I probably should make some sort of reaction roll here, because 50% are now unconscious. It could be that they just give up. That's totally possible. Okay, so morale. 7 plus is throw to, uh, to stand. Plus one if the party is a military unit, they are not. No leader skill present. Uh, leader's killed. Minus two, nine, minus two if casualties exceed 50%. So it's no DMs on this. On a seven plus, the other one will fight. A six. Nope. So the other one gives up, which is great. That's actually exactly what they want. So Diane uh, flips the switch. So that even though the other two missed, the fact that Nicola was able to immediately shoot and knock the one unconscious um, who is now dying is enough to make the other one give up. So then Diane flips the switch again, closes off the airlock. Um, since they're in their vac suits, they manage to grab the other one, disarm him, um, grab him by the scruff of his neck, throw them in the airlock uh, of the Francesco, get him on board. Uh, so they're gonna have to question him. Uh, and then the other one's gonna have to get some sort of medical attention. Probably being unconscious for a while, they tend to the wound. What are they able to get out of... Yeah, what, what, what are they able to get out? So what we're going to do is we're actually going to roll... Because we want to see who's behind this whole thing, and that's going to give us part of an answer. I'm going to try to dig into Traveler more here than our Oracles or the book at the moment. So what we're going to do is we're going to roll on the Patron Encounters um, table here. It's a 2d6 table. So 2, 3... So it's a rumor. Interesting. Okay, what kind of rumor? What are the rumors here? 
Okay, that means that to me they're saying that they're here because they heard some sort of a rumor. I'm gonna roll in the random person encounters table, which again is a D66 table. You see that rumors about whom? Two, one, soldiers. Hmm, they had heard rumors about soldiers. Hmm. Why would that have made make them take over the station? Do they do they think that? Hmm. Is this a raid about money or politics? That's a that's a question here. Is it about money? 50-50. Actually, I'm gonna say it's unlikely because it was about the soldiers. It's unlikely. Minus two, which brings us down to a three. So no and. It's not about money, actually. In fact, it, there, there's no there's no money here. This station uh, is supposed to belong to this this corporation, but they heard rumors that that was actually just a front. Okay, so they heard rumors that this particular station is a front for some sort of some sort of soldiers. Are they? Are they like? So we've said that there's a confederation of plants around here, so they're very loosely affiliated. Does it have to do with them? Or is it some sort of an invading force? Does it have to do with them? Six, which is a no. So that means, oh my goodness. They heard rumors that there was some sort of strange soldiers that were not part of the human confederation of planets on this station. The computer system seemed to be out. I think Nicholas shares with them what he's found out about this android invasion through the hivers. He tells him about that. It turns out that the this crew looks like punks. They are, sort of, but that it's, it's not that they just go around raiding places. They're more or less like, they're not mercenaries per se, but they are supposed to go break in to places. They steal stuff, but it usually has to do with, you know, trying to find stuff like this out. So they're somewhere between investigators and like thugs for hire. They're not mercenaries per se. They get they get in, they get what they need, they get out. You know, a lot of times they're probably involved in corporate espionage or things like that. But this one was different. They had heard about these soldiers taking over the station. Now, obviously, there aren't any on the station if they're still there and they weren't, they weren't expecting anybody. Is this why they attacked the Francesco? Because that would make total sense. Um... I would think that's likely, plus two, which gets us an eight, so yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's that's why they attacked, and so it's just a big misunderstanding in the first place. So they, they get medical attention. Um, I, I think that would mean that, that this guy's going to try to contact the rest of the people here on the station. They're obviously not able to send a message out because they're not even able to use the comms effectively like before. Uh, or was that an act, actually? I don't, I don't know, actually. Was that an act? Uh, seven. Um, it's not that it was an act, per se, it's just that, um, they were originally, you know, planning on doing something like that, but as the ship showed up... Okay, yeah, you know what? As the ship... Here's the complication. As the ship showed up, they started to have weird comms problems. They were, they were originally going to fake the comms problems in the first place, but they were going to do it on the second message. They wanted the first one to be clear to draw them in. But then... The communications actually started malfunctioning. The ship, or the station here, actually started malfunctioning for real. And 
The problem is, the complication is, just as they're trying to ask if that's really the case. Are you serious? That's when uh, Nikola just, uh, something showed up on the scanners here. I'm gonna roll a D2, essentially. Two ships just showed up on our sensors. They appear to be the android ships. It seems like they found us. We don't have the fuel yet to jump out of here. And I think that's where we're going to have to end it for this session. Wow. I, I don't know if we're going to get into Starship Combat next time. That's going to be a little crazy. I'm actually going to have to genuinely figure out which rule sets, uh, you know, rules I'm going to use for that, if that's the case. Um, wow. Okay. So there's two Android ships that have shown up outside the space station. They're the ones jamming the signal. We've got sort of this, um, you know, rogues for hire on the station. Computer systems aren't working. Android show up. The Francesco can't just jump out, and they cannot get their message out yet. This is a very dire situation. That's crazy. I, I really hope you've enjoyed this. It's, I've enjoyed getting back into the story. Hopefully, this cliffhanger will bring both you and I back to the next session quickly. Uh, and we'll be able to get this show back on the road again. Thank you so much again, Ray, for the email. And thank you so much, Jason, for the call-in. I, I really appreciate it a lot. Uh, if you've enjoyed the show, um, please uh, let a friend know if you think they would enjoy it, if they get something out of it, any of the seasons. And, yeah, I, I, I welcome any and all feedback. I've, I've gotten pretty much out of the social media game completely, uh, minus a few Discord servers. So um, however you would like to share it to your friends, share it to your friends. If you would be so kind as to review the show on iTunes or wherever you listen to your podcasts, that would help other people find out about the show. It's hard for me to check those places sometimes. So if you say, Hey, I left a review, you don't have to say, you know, Oh, it was a five star review. You can say, Hey, I left a review and your show sucks. You can do that too, but just let me know either way. I'll address it on the show and I appreciate the feedback one way or another. So thank you again so much. This has been an episode of subclass act. We'll see you next time.